Praise the Lord. I've been studying the ecstasy of glory today and I've surely been blessed. It says he first loved us. Talking about Christ Jesus. He first loved us. We we didn't love him for him to love us, but rather he first loved us. 1 John 4:19 says we love him because he first loved us. Our love for God is a response to his love with which he has already loved us. Until you know, comprehend, understand his love for you, you'll always be this Christian who is engulfed with fear, uncertainty, you're not sure whether the things you say, do, or pray in your time with God are really reaching Him. Many people are not even sure whether God is really hearing their prayers. But I want to tell you that prayer is by grace. We are in the dispensation of grace right now. We are in the time of undeserved favor unmerited favor everything about us is by the grace of god when we lay hands on the sick they don't heal because we are perfect or because there is something so special about us it is because of the grace of god that has been bestowed upon our lives that he has given us righteousness as a gift and not our righteousness or self-righteousness but rather his righteousness the bible says our righteousness is of god until you start seeing god in everything you're doing you may not do anything at all so he doesn't love you because of your prayer humility you know self-righteousness or good works and deeds he loves you because he is love it is his nature to love irrespective of what you are doing what you will do or even what you have done God will always extend his love towards you God will always increase his love towards you his grace will always be sufficient it is sufficient, it is enough for you. He is the God who is rich in mercy. That's what the Bible says. He is not rich in wrath. He is not rich in unforgiveness, but he is rich in mercy. He is not rich in judgment, but he is rich in mercy. Yes, he can judge, but he is not rich in judgment. Yes, he can have wrath, but he is not rich in wrath. Yes, he can punish, but he's not rich in punishment. He's rich in mercy. And what does the Bible say? That God shall supply you according to all your needs. Okay, shall supply your need according to all his riches in glory. The supply of God towards you is according to his riches. And one of his riches, like the Bible tells us, is mercy. He's rich in mercy. So every time you do something that seems not likely, he remembers that he forgave you 
when Christ was punished on your behalf. Every time you do something that condemns you to go to hell, he remembers that Jesus Christ died once for all of us. And he remembers that Jesus Christ went to hell once for all of us. And then he says, you're forgiven. Not because of anything you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Not because of anything you shall do, but because of everything Jesus Christ did. God looks at you right now in the light of the finished works of Christ Jesus. And when you realize this, it makes you fall in love with him even more. Our actions and deeds ought to be a response to that which Christ has done for us. It ought to be a response to the understanding of the grace of God that we have received. The whole church has equally received grace in abundance. It has equally received the righteousness of God. The only difference is the knowledge, is the understanding, is the awareness. How enlightened are you when it comes to the gospel? See, the gospel of Christ gives us liberty. It does not take us to bondage again. He brought freedom. We live in liberty. And how do you live in a manifestation of liberty and freedom? It's by knowing the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He didn't say it shall set you free. He said it shall make you free. And he whom the Father has made free is free indeed. Look at that. A person who is set free can be free and come back to bondage. But a person who is made free, it is our nature. Freedom is our nature. Even if sometimes we act and think as though we are still imprisoned, as though we are still slaves, we are free by nature. So it is time for you to realize who you are. Rise up from discouragement. Rise up from fear. Rise up from doubt. And know that you are seated right now in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He's no longer far away. Even when you are praying, you pray with the consciousness that you are right there next to him. We are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. And that is where God is. So when we are talking to God, we don't talk like they that are outside the house that need to knock on the door. But we pray like they that are already in the kingdom. The Bible in the book of Revelation tells us that now the kingdom is come. And the power of his Christ. Glory to God. We love him because he first loved us. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful statement. That now there is no condemnation. I cannot be condemned. Because Christ was condemned for me. Does this mean that we should sin more? So that grace may abound? No. How shall we that are dead to sin live therein? It's very important to know. The power of love and grace is so much. It overwhelms. That when someone comes to the true realization, to the full realization 
of the meaning and essence of the grace of God, they are compelled to do good. When Jesus extended love and grace to Lazarus, uh, sorry, to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus wasn't preached to that he may give all the things that he has stolen back to the people. It is just something that happened to him and he said, See, Father, I'm going to give out everything that I ever stole, all the money that I cheated from people. I'm going to, to give out. So the grace of God compels people to do good. But also remember that when the rich young man was given the law, when he asked, what shall a man do to inherit the kingdom of God? Christ presented the law, thou shall not. And then he said, I've done all. He boasted in the law. But you see, the problem with the law is that if you break one, you break all. So Jesus said, except for one, sell all that you have and go give to the poor. That is also part of the law. So according to the law, you're not even accepted to carry any riches. But according to grace, you're accepted to be as rich as you want to be. Because the Bible tells us, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That even when he was rich, yet for your sex he became poor. So that you through his poverty might become rich. There is grace. According to grace, the Bible says that, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospereth. That is grace. So the rich man, or the young rich man, was sad. And he walked slowly by slowly. He left the presence of Jesus. Not happy. That's why grace came. Christ presents grace. And grace empowers us not to sin again. Because once you receive grace, sin is dead. Look at the story of the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. The Pharisees say that, Master, good teacher, the law says that if you catch a woman in adultery, it, she has to be stoned to death. But then Jesus looked at them. When he was teaching in the temple, they wanted to trap him. They presented what Moses wrote. And they wanted to see if he was going to uh, object that which Moses had told. So he told them, guys, which one of you has not sinned before? Be the first to cast a stone. And they all walked away. That is the law. He presented the law right there. The law says, if you haven't, okay, the law says if you've broken one, then you've broken all, right? So this lady had committed adultery. The Pharisees knew the law, by the way, and Christ knew the law. So, what Jesus presented was in this wise. If you have ever broken any law, even just looking at a lady and admiring her, just, okay, any law, that means you have also committed adultery. So he told them, if you know you've never broken any law, you've never done any sin, cast the first stone. 
and everybody realized that they had all committed adultery even when they did commit adultery in reality but according to the law they had all committed adultery they walked away so jesus just showed them that guys all of you deserve to be stoned amazing 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 that is why grace came according to grace we are not perfect because we are perfect. We are perfect because Christ is perfect. We shall not go to heaven because we have done every good thing and observed all the things that God told us to observe. We shall go to heaven because Christ is seated with us right there. We shall not burn in hell, not because we are the best people ever, but it is because Jesus Christ went to hell for us. We shall not be punished because maybe we are so good and all that, self-righteousness. We shall not be punished because Christ was punished for us. And everybody is like, but this is too much. This is too good. Then why do you say the Lord is good all the time and all the time? The Lord is good. He's good all the time. When you're bad, he's good. When you're good, he's good. He's always good. That's his nature. Wow. That's a statement of grace. We are going to be judged as children of God in heaven, not in hell. And it's called judgment for reward. God is going to look at you and ask you, how much did you do with what I gave you? And then he will reward you accordingly. But even if you don't get anything, though there is nobody who cannot get anything because every Christian has done something at least for God. But even if you, you don't get much of the reward like other people, you're still going to be in heaven. All of you are promoted. It's like a kid who performed and got 50% and another one got 90% and both of them are promoted. Because 50% is probably the pass mark. So according to God, Jesus Christ made all of us pass at least the pass mark. So we are winning souls. We are preaching the gospel. We are taking advantage of the gifts that he has given us to serve him. So that, you know, we may enjoy our reward in heaven. Wow. But from this day onwards, know that he loves you. Not because of anything, but because he is love. If you haven't received Jesus Christ to be your Lord and personal Savior, I'd love you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe with my heart that Jesus Christ died, he was buried, and rose again. I also believe with my heart that he was punished for my sins so that the righteousness of God would come to me. I confess with my mouth 
that he is my Lord and personal Savior. I declare today that I'm a child of God. If you have said that prayer, then Christ has now come to live in your heart. And I want to pray for you right now also that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just lay your hands on your body. Father, in the name of Jesus, by faith right now, I pray that the Holy Spirit may come into your child right now. Holy Spirit, baptize their spirit into yours. Let the spirit of your child right now be baptized into the Holy Spirit so that you may declare them to be the children of God. Now speak these words after me. Say, thank you, Lord, for I received the Holy Spirit to baptize my spirit right now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I love you so much. You're born again now. Hallelujah.